Hey, y'all, welcome in today, wherever you are today and wherever you're listening from. I'm so glad that you're here, and I want to invite you today to pull a chair up to the table and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4, 4. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm your host, Jed Yancey, at the Central Church of Christ in Ocala, Florida, and today I want to jump right into serving you up some food from Psalm 51. This is a psalm of David where he says that my sin is always before me, and it's always on my mind. It's all I can think about. It's it's what I think about each night when I lie down to sleep. It's on my mind early in the morning. It's just stuck to me, and I can't get rid of it. So I want to ask you, have you ever been here? I hope I'm not alone in having felt this way before, because although I act like I'm fine all the time, I'm absolutely not. And part of the reason sometimes is because I'm stuck in what I did. This can be a really hard place for us. And listen, I'll be the first person to admit that I've done some things that I shouldn't have done. Not just some things, many things I shouldn't have done. I I fail and I fail often. And you do too. Romans 3.23 tells us we've all fallen short. We've all failed. But David here realized that after Nathan came to him and called him out for doing some very serious things that he shouldn't have done, like have an affair and been responsible for the death of Uriah, He'd gone through a stretch where he failed and failed often, and it's here that he prays for forgiveness. God, wash me from my sin. Cleanse me. And I think I I know and understand how in our failures we're to go to God and repent and ask for forgiveness, but the truth is sometimes those failures and things I've done just feel like they're still stuck with me. We can read in places like 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins that God is faithful, He's just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if that's true, then why do I feel like David? Why do I feel like those things are still with me? It's still in front of me instead of behind me. Well, to start, I'll just tell you that Satan absolutely loves that we go back and we get stuck on the past and we reflect on that. You know, this may sound silly at first, but I want you to hear me out because I was driving the other day and I had my preparation for this episode on my mind. And and I know you've seen it too, but there's a side mirror on your car that shows you what's behind you. And the little caption on that mirror says, Objects in Mirror. These things that you're seeing behind you are closer than what they appear to be. And I couldn't help but to think, wow, this is exactly how Satan does it. Hey, Jed, those mistakes, those failures you repented for, that you've been forgiven for, well, buddy, although you think they're far away, they're actually closer than what you think. They're closer than what you see. It's still back there. It's still stuck to you. You can still see it. So how do I combat that? How do I deal with that? How do I relieve myself of these situations where, just like David, my sin is always before me? How do I get rid of the objects in the mirror that are closer than they appear? Well, the first part of your 44 is is actually pretty easy. Just leave it. 
Leave the past in the past. There's a reason why when you're driving, the windshield that you look through ahead of you is bigger than the mirrors that show you what's behind you. As hard as that is to do, try your best to look forward, to go to the next play, the next opportunity, the next page, the next day, the next moment. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes some about this and he says, Guys, listen, I I press on. I move forward, forgetting the past and looking instead towards what lies ahead. I press on. I look through the windshield. I leave those things in my past behind me. That's huge for us as Christians. You should know this by now, but if you've been listening, you know I was a baseball coach for the last 12 years and, and in education. And on top of that, I, I tried to be an athlete prior to graduating from college and moving into the world of coaching. And it's as an athlete, one of the hardest things in all of sports and in coaching, one of the hardest things to coach into an athlete is to forget what happened before. Forget the error. Forget the mistake, forget the fumble, the bad snap, forget the bad at bat, the bad throw, forget the loss, and instead move forward. Press on, move towards what's next. I can't tell you how many times throughout the course of a game or or maybe just a full week of games that as a coach, you say, hey man, flush it. Go to the next page. It's all good. Learn from it. Next at bat, next pitch, next play, next game. It's a huge concept, and honestly, Something that we as Christians constantly need to be working on and getting better with in life. But what happens when we don't? Man, I I just, I can't flush it. I can't move to the next at bat. I can't move to the next play. I can't get this mistake out of my head. I can't get this sin out of my head. Well, in sports, oftentimes it'll lead to this thing called the yips. It's this really strange phenomenon that happens with athletes, and, and maybe you think I just made this word up, but seriously, you can look it up. Y-I-P-S, yips. And in athletes, the yips are when there's a sudden or unexplained loss of the ability to execute even the simplest and easiest of skills in their sport. For example, pitchers that have the yips are somehow, some way, unable to throw a baseball even close to the strike zone. If you want to look up some real examples, two names that come to mind are Rick Ankeel and Chuck Knobloch, who had it bad. One bad throw, one mistake can get stuck in your head, and it can paralyze you if you don't allow it to be flushed. You, You allow yourself not to move on. If it's always before me, it's going to stay bad, and it gets in your head. I want to pause real quick, and I want you to listen in on this clip from Rick and Keel talk about the yips. Once the yips began to dismantle Rick Ankiel, his teammates started to avoid him. It's just something that's not talked about. It almost feels like a curse. It's like you're trapped in a mental prison, and you can't give out, get out of it because it consumes you. Did you feel everybody was staring at you and also wanting to keep their distance? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the hardest part about it. It's feeling like you're alone and there's nowhere to go. I never really understood just how deeply this, this was uh, terrorizing him. Tony LaRusso was the Cardinals manager. Did your mind tell you he really had a realistic chance of coming back? He had already shown us this, this character, this toughness that he has. But what we saw was 
uh, a young man that was still bothered. Ankiel tried every Yips remedy he could find. He read self-help books and went to a sports psychologist. He did breathing and counting exercises. He was able to claw his way back to the big leagues, but he was a wreck. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, you know, having the nightmare that I couldn't throw a strike. I'm soaked in sweat. My heart's beating 200 miles an hour. And it's, it's like this thing won't even leave me alone during my sleep. You know, it came to the point where I was like, it's just not worth it. How hard a decision was that to say, I'm done? The hardest thing beyond going through what I went through that I've ever probably had to make. Now, does some of that sound familiar as I move from sports for a minute? You ever stayed stuck in the past of your own personal life? You ever had the yips in life? One mistake has just paralyzed you and your ability to move forward and complete the next day, the next week, the next whatever it is effectively. Has it ever woken you up in the middle of the night with a beating heart and dripping sweat? You see, oftentimes our mistakes or even the fear of making more mistakes can paralyze us to a point where we have the yips in life and the anxiety just builds and builds and builds. And if you think it's not real, it is. As you just heard from an athlete, the same is true of us. It's a, it's a lonely place to be, and yet it's exactly where Satan wants us to be. Saying as he said in this video, I'm, I'm done, man, I'm out. Listen, I know this is a very real thing and it's huge and I can throw all kinds of verses at you from God's word on forgiveness, uh, but I won't. I think all I want to express to you today for your 44 is that he is able. He's more than able to accomplish what concerns you today and tomorrow or yesterday, whether it's from the past or not, whether it's in the rear view mirror or in the windshield, he's able. He's more than able to handle anything that comes at you. And notice there, I didn't say we are able, because we are not. He is. God is. Let him handle it and let him accomplish it. Before I close here, I want to give you another layer to this, because just as much as not being able to move forward, or just as much as not being able to get over my past, how about you ever had someone hold the past over you? Or how about you? Have you ever held the past over someone? I think just as dangerous as me not allowing myself to move forward is me not allowing others to move forward. In our relationships, are we Colossians 3 people? It's one that I love using with Finley and Hadley. Hey, be gentle. Be ready to forgive. Don't hold grudges. Don't do it. They're going to mess up. Mothers and fathers, are you gentle and ready to forgive when your kids mess up? Are you angry and ready to pounce? Because they will mess up. Husbands and wives, are you gentle and are you ready to forgive when your spouse messes up? Are you the spouse that peels away that scab each and every day while the joy and happiness that marriage can bring bleeds out? You see... If we're going to count on God to forgive us when we fall short and him be quick in doing that, if what we hear from God is, Jed, next at bat, buddy, next pitch, next day, don't worry, you're forgiven, learn from it, go get him next time, then we need to be that for others. Megan, yeah, I'm, I'm hurt. You hurt me, but rather than hold this over you, 
Let's press on. Let's move forward. In closing, I want to leave you with the idea that the best way to move forward is with Jesus. In fact, it's the only way to move forward. I just want to remind you that when all is said and done, there will be a winning and a losing team. And lucky for us, we already know who who wins. His name is Jesus. If nothing else from our time today at the table, take this as your 44. Take John 16, 33 as your nourishment. In the world, you will have tribulation. Sometimes you'll mess up. Sometimes you'll get the yips. Sometimes, like David, your sin will be stuck to you. Sometimes you'll wake up in the middle of the night dripping in sweat from anxiety and stress and pressure, and the list could go on. But don't miss the next part. Jesus says, take heart. I've already overcome the world. I've already won. The battle is won. And thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As we close here today, thank you again, as always, for joining me at the table to eat from God's Word. As we close, I want to challenge you today to to pray a prayer that specifically addresses those things that are always on your mind and always before you and look for. Do as David did. Pray the prayer from Psalm 51 and verse 9. Lord, please blot out my iniquity. Trust that He does that. And remember to take heart, go in peace, and sleep well knowing that the battle is won.